So we're hearing a lot of talk about opioid abuse and how we can treat patients that are struggling with this. Uh, traditionally, we've had very few options. Uh, you'll see patients that are enrolled in some sort of a methadone program where they will have to go at least at first daily to a methadone clinic uh, to receive their dose. Uh, patients will also take some form of buprenorphine, uh, which is a partial agonist at the mu opioid receptor and an antagonist at the kappa opioid receptor. And so you're going to get a reduced effect at that mu receptor and then you're going to get a blocking effect at the kappa so the other opioids can't bind. Now buprenorphine is available with several different formulations. Uh, you'll see the brand name Suboxone and that is buprenorphine that is in combination with naloxone. Now the naloxone component is in there only to kind of activate if the patient were to break down the tablet or the sublingual film and try to inject it. The naloxone would then counteract the buprenorphine so they wouldn't get the high from it. Uh, buprenorphine is also available by itself um, as like a sublingual tablet or film. But now we have a new formulation, and that is a once-monthly subcutaneous injection. So this medication was just recently approved, and it's going to be marketed under the name Sublocade. There were several trials that looked at this medication, and unfortunately none of them have cool, catchy names that are easy to remember. Uh, but one of the pivotal trials was when they took patients and they put them through a washout period where they were given... Subutex, just the buprenorphine sublingual film, and they were started on that for a few days and they were titrated up to a higher dose to make sure that they were able to tolerate the, the buprenorphine. If they were, they were then given a 300 milligram injection and then one month later were given another 300 milligram injection and then from then on out they were given the 100 milligram injection. Now there were some patients that were allowed to be um, maintained on the higher dose, the 300 milligrams, and just were able to stay on that dose if it, the clinician thought that the benefits would outweigh the risks of being on that. And so they did show that it was superior to a placebo. Uh, now it has not been compared directly to the buprenorphine uh, you know, daily dose, so that's going to be pretty interesting to see whenever that data comes out, if, if it's ever... Uh, officially completed and, and released. One interesting component of the study was the patients were given, after they were on their, their sublingual subutex, they were given hydromorphone IM injection and to see what kind of a blockade effect the buprenorphine would have. And there was not a complete blockade when they were on the sublingual. However, when the patients were switched over to the subcutaneous, there was a complete blockade of the hydromorphone. Now, for me, that's a little a little concerning in one aspect. I completely understand why that would be beneficial for uh, patients obviously struggling with opioid addiction. However, what if the patient were to have some kind of a, a trauma or some sort of an injury where they needed to have pain relief? Uh, I'm wondering what kind of effects the medications given in the hospital would have if they'd be able to overpower that uh, buprenorphine since it is a depot. Uh, the other thing to consider is because it forms a depot directly under the skin, um, it is something that if we were to give this intravenously, uh, we actually could cause really bad uh, necrosis of the skin around the area and also form a, a thrombus and then a, an embolism. And so the FDA, as part of the approval process, um, 
require this medication to have a REMS program attached to it that says it basically has to be administered in a healthcare setting by a healthcare provider. And so we can't just dispense this medication to patients. This has to be given, it can be dispensed to a healthcare facility to be administered by the provider. It's administered subcutaneously, like I said in the beginning, and uh, it's, it comes as a pre-filled syringe from the manufacturer. Uh, it's it's a 19-gauge uh, needle that is a 5 eighths inch, um, and so it's very easy to administer. It's given in the abdomen. The price tag on it is going to be around $1,500 a month, which is a little absurd, but that's what the price is being reported as. Um, now, whether or not insurance companies will pay for it, um, obviously we have to see, but I'm very curious to see if they do some a cost-benefit analysis, um, and because all the other forms are starting to go generic now, I would have a hard time believing that $1,500 a month is is worth the convenience. But I guess time will tell. Uh, the information's on the manufacturer's website and on the FDA's website, so go check it out.